Market Research Podcast Award is back, and it's time to nominate your favorite Kick-Ass Insights podcast for a chance to win the coveted title of MR Podcast of the Year. Nominations are now open, and they'll stay open through June 30th. Voting will then start July 1st and go through August 12th. Nominate your absolute favorite podcast of the insights industry at littlebirdmarketing.com slash MR dash podcast dash award. The winner will be announced this September at Greenbook's IIEX Behavior. Will your favorite insights podcast make the cut? the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. I'm Priscilla McKinney, Mama Bird and CEO here at Little Bird Marketing, and you are listening to Flight Patterns with Fieldwork, a Ponderings from the Perch mini-series. Today I have with me Crystal Magic from Fieldwork. Crystal, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, I am having many people from Fieldwork on this series because of what an interesting romp it has been in qualitative research in the last few years. And I am so interested in hearing about your perspective from it and also where Fieldwork is going. So I'm just going to, I'm probably going to grill you. Is that okay? Bring it on. It's been a wild ride and I have enjoyed every minute of it. So let's do it. <laughs> I may have me be the person in your life who has been asking you some of the most bizarre questions, but you and I are alike in that we are surrounded by market researchers and we serve the market research industry, but we ourselves are not market researchers. And so I think we have a lot in common. And I think this is why I get along with so many people at Fieldwork, not only because you guys are amazing, <laughs> but also because we sit kind of on the same precipice and it, it, it is an interesting view. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But if you do not know Crystal Magic, let me introduce you to her. And you certainly can find her on LinkedIn where she starts all kinds of interesting conversations within the industry, not just about research and technology and how it's being used in qualitative, but also we did a really cool presentation together at CRC about collaboration in this industry. That, that was, was so much fun. That was so much fun. Oh, I don't even want to be on the stage anymore without you. I mean, Dallas, cowboy boots, what more could we have asked for? No, it was <laughs> it was super great. So we have to do it again. But if if we, you should have told me in advance that we were dressing according to the theme and I would have really worked with you. It, next time, next time. Okay, well, like a lot of field workers, she has been there a long time. There's so much tenure at your place. And so it tells me a lot about the culture. But she started with field work in 1998. She's worked in their Denver office, their Schomburg office, the network office. Then she was heading up field work web work and field work anywhere and now has become a president there. But I am telling you, this trajectory is really important to our conversation today because field work was doing virtual qualitative long before we had a pandemic. So we're going to talk about some transitions and what people know about technology, but to the point of what really happened when qualitative and in-person research was really really at a crossroads. So I want to hear your perspective from that. And I do know that tech really in this industry is no longer a nice to have. It is a requirement when it comes to focus groups. And you're one of those people who facilitate it. So tell us a little bit about your role now as president and, you know, how that is maybe a little bit different from all the roles that you've had. 
Well, you know, I think that uh, my current role really has has been a culmination of all of my other roles that I've learned along the way. Uh, you know, field work as a whole, their priority is our customers, our clients, our respondents. Uh, and, and in all of my roles prior to that, that was the focus. And now I'm sort of more on the technology side of things, but myself and every other member on my team, they uh, have a technology focus, but they were sort of raised up in a qualitative focus group facility. So we are people who know how busy moderators can be, how exhausting travel can be. You know, all of those those things that we, you know, when you arrive, you just need things to work right so that you can get your job done and move on to the next city or move on to the next, you know, market or subject or whatever the case might be. And so, you know, we, we are tech people and we know the technology really well, but we're also also marketing researchers and facilitators, and we know that side of it too. So I think it's just a different type of support that you receive. Well, I think we should come up with a word, like the, a new word, let's let's coin one, of that horrible panic that you have right your, before you're supposed to do something really important <gasps> and the question about whether the tech is going to work or not. <laughs> is, is this thing on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, it, it's such a, like a primal angst. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> It'll not really send you over the edge, right? It's like, <laughs> click, 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 click. It's like, you know, how easy could it be to get on Zoom? But we all know that that's not where qualitative is happening when we're looking at data, security, data privacy, these kinds of things. So this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk a little bit about what kind of tech is needed in facilities and to actually host focus groups. We're going to talk about um, really the the virtual realities of what's going on in your world, what you know about field work anywhere and field work web work. We're going to talk about data privacy and security. I'm going to put you on the spot for a couple of questions like that because I know that's really important to our audience to understand, you know, the difference of between DIY kind of approach to focus group or, oh, you know, my, my internal, uh, you know, department can handle it. Not knocking that at all, but like, what are they really getting into? So mm-hmm. what are the things that you've already thought through? What are really important from your side of, of the aisle? And then also talking about, you know, how you recruit because, you know, getting the tech right is one thing, but you alluded to this just a minute ago. You are a tech group, but you are a group who grew up in focus group world. And so you know what's needed. You know that kind of nuanced care. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that recruiting element and how working with your database then is actually leading to the the highest quality of respondents and therefore the highest quality of insights, right? We can't, we can't interview if there's nobody there to interview, you know? That's the, that's the bottom line, the most important part. Well, let's start there about how tech is changing. And the reason why I say start there, like when you say that about if there's no one there to interview, well, we knew in the past that there were some people who were not accessible through tech. There were some segments that really were not online. And yet all of that has changed really through the last couple of years. But you tell me how tech is changing the way research really is done. Well, I think you're right. There were large groups of people who uh, were seemingly unavailable for uh, specifically online interviewing. The thing about that is some of those ideas that we had in our head were somewhat accurate, 
But we quickly found out when we no longer had a choice and we couldn't be in person that those people were more accessible than we realized. You know, when when you're forced to make that change and track people down, people, you know, in their 70s who we thought they can't do this, they can't be interviewed online, they're not tech savvy. That absolutely wasn't the case. Once these people had access to, you know, the appropriate computer, phone, whatever the case might be, they needed some talking through, sure, but we could get them online. We could have those conversations with them. And that was our focus, to talk those people through it, to get them comfortable with the technology so that they could sit back and focus on the conversation and help our clients gain insights. So to that like exact issue, your tech people, but your people people. So you know, you're really trying to make people comfortable so that they really are able to deliver those you know, off the cuff answers or, you know, or they're willing to divulge maybe some personal information. So tell me about that nuance. What's the, what is it that you're juggling there? Like on one hand, you're trying to tell somebody, look, I got to communicate to you. You got to be available at this time for this virtual, you know, uh, qualitative study. But on the other hand, I'm trying to make you feel very comfortable maybe with something that you're not really used to using. I mean, what does that really sound like? Yeah. I mean, it's a process. You can't expect somebody to show up five minutes before a scheduled interview and participate through technology that they've never used before and be at ease with it. And that's a reasonable thing. We shouldn't expect that. So Fieldwork works really hard leading up to that interview all throughout the recruiting process and up until the interview to make sure that those participants have had access to the technology. They've gone through the process. They've seen themselves on screen. You know, they've gotten used to that feeling. They know where to click if they need something. They know that support is there 100% of the time. If anything goes wrong, someone's there to help them. And that's going to put them so much more at ease. Frankly, it helps our clients. We're, We're doing that for them as well. So everybody is coming to the table having some experience with that technology so that they can really settle into the conversation. Oh, my goodness. I'm just telling you, you know, as I I instruct people a lot of times through virtual and I am, you know, being the instructor and running the tech, that is really stressful. And unless it's something that you've run a million times, it is very difficult. So I would imagine with moderators, you know, they're thinking, oh, you know, they're not really getting that kind of active listening and really staying focused on their, you know, their, their study guide when they're also trying to handle people's questions of why, why am I upside down on this? (laughs) You know, where's, where's my button? (laughs) We, we took that tagline that Fieldwork says, focus on the research and we'll do the rest really to heart when we started building the tools that we were using for online interviewing at Fieldwork. I mean, the bottom line is you are fully supported. Everyone who is involved is trained and familiar with the platform, including those participants. And you're exactly right. A moderator shouldn't have to juggle a discussion guide and sometimes unruly or, or you know, overbearing respondents. Their, their clients in the back room asking probing questions and then also have to worry about how to turn someone's webcam on. So we're going to do that for them. And, and like I said, they'll focus on the research. We'll do the rest. See, it sounds easy to do, but literally having a team around you to get it done is, is so key. So I love that. Let's take a short break. Searching for a research partner to handle the details of your next qualitative project? When we say fieldwork can handle it all, we mean it. From world-class facilities to low-incidence recruitment, 
Their team of experts handles the details so you can stay focused on the research. Say goodbye to traditional focus group rooms and recruitment tactics. As market research has grown from the standard focus group to incorporate other innovative methodologies and technologies, fieldwork has expanded along with it. With facilities nationwide and sophisticated global recruitment services, their detail-oriented staff partners with you to achieve great insights. Focus on the research. Fieldwork will do the rest. So let me switch gears just a little bit. I think a lot of people do know that you handle a lot of research and CPG, but you know, at Fieldwork, you guys are just a facility and then the technology, you're bringing that support service to it, but people could be using your facilities for anything. So tell me about some of the different tech needs that are out there that are serving other industries that maybe people wouldn't even know that Fieldwork is doing. Well, we kind of like to think of field work as a blank slate. So not just our online research, but in our facilities as well. And we don't mean it's a blank slate. You'll walk into a stark white room and, you know, I mean, they're, they're beautiful locations hosted by friendly people. But what we do mean by a blank slate is you can come to us with whatever type of research that you're looking to conduct and we'll be prepared to facilitate it. I really think that's, you know, we're, we're masters at recruiting and we're masters at facilitating. And there is nothing we like more than a client calling up and saying, I've got this idea. It might be crazy. I don't know if we can do it. I love those phone calls. Let's talk it out. What do you have in mind? Your, you know, CPG and your, your product hasn't, you know, it's, there's not a physical product yet, but you want to see it on shelves and test it with respondents. We could do that with virtual reality. Come into the focus group facility. We'll put up mock shelves. We can we can do actual VR shelves that respondents can walk through. I mean that that really is the thing. The blank slate, so that we can accommodate whatever your request might be. You might you know may, maybe you're not traveling yet. There there are a lot of people out there for whatever reason they're not quite ready. You can join remotely and remote into you know the, that interview and moderate a group of respondents who are all sitting around the same table in you know one of our facilities and you might be at home with your pajama pants on and your nice blouse <laughs> on top let's all hope <laughs> <laughs> bunny slippers and yeah. the the respondents are none the wiser and you know i mean again it it's really about brainstorming what the best solution is for you whatever you're looking for we want to try to help that we spend a lot of time researching what's available, what are those those tools that we need in our toolbox to help execute the, the research that our clients are doing. Okay, well, one specific reason why I asked you to come on was really to shed some light on what happened when a lot of qualitative in-person research just completely stopped. And I think it's not really known you know, in the just the everyday person that there's a lot of medical device testing. There's a lot of, obviously, pharma was going on. Um, but also, you know, uh, courts briefly shut down, then reopened and went virtual, and people still needed to deal with mock juries. I mean, what were you seeing from your side of the technical, you know, uh, response really from field work to the kind of work that was coming in? What did you see? So first of all, I I need to say thank you to the entirety of the fieldwork team out there. As things shifted away from in-person and toward virtual uh, 
the, the the team in its entirety shifted with that. So, you know, we, we were uh, hosting online interviews and remote sessions before, uh, but the, the volume was was drastically changed during the pandemic. And what we saw was our fieldwork team, I mean, didn't even blink. They put on their IT hats, they joined the crew, and they made that change as well so that we could support a higher volume of interviews remotely um, because, you know, because the in-person had transitioned. So bravo to them. We couldn't have done it without the most amazing team. When you think about the type of research that was still taking place during the pandemic, you're absolutely right. Medical research, that that was critical. There, there were some things that, I mean, we're, we're in 2022 right now, and there are things that we're experiencing that we wouldn't have had research not taken place on those, you know, on those things. So that critical research was, was still taking place. Uh, online juries had become a thing. You know, we typically would host juries in person. That was, that was a big shift for them. You know, it was an interesting process. Uh, but we, again, we worked together. We had to do a lot of brainstorming. What does that look like? Typically in a jury situation, you have people who come together and they are, you know, they're watching a presentation, they're learning about the, uh, you, you know, whatever the case might be. And then there's a, you know, a, a debrief and the, the respondents or jurors are kind of brainstorming about how they felt about the case and, and coming up with their, their decision. And, how, how does that look online? If everybody is in a single room, you know, what does that look like? So it, it was, it was really an exciting time to kind of have those conversations with our clients and figure out the best way to approach that. What does that look like? How do we break people up? How do we bring them back together? Can they watch these presentations? Where will the lawyers be? You know, how, how will that all come together? Uh, and and it was an interesting process, and by golly, we got there. <laughs> okay, so it, it, thinking about that, I am curious, how did you all facilitate getting that kind of really great participation and interaction, even though it went virtual? Well, you know, at first, it was really interesting. We had access to people in the middle of the day that we typically wouldn't have had access to, right? Folks were at home, and, uh, you know, so would we recommend a 12 p.m., focus group with moms? Sure. Would we recommend a 12 p.m. focus group with working, you know, full-time employed people? No, that we'd probably plan that for the evening. But there were a couple of weeks there where we could talk to just about anybody at any time of day. So that was, that was interesting. But the reality of it is uh, you might think it's hard to talk people into participating, but people want to be heard. They want their opinions to be shared. They, it, it's exciting to feel like you are impacting whatever product or service that you're being interviewed about. You really just have to give people the opportunity and they want to share that with you. I love that. Okay, so let's bring that over to the idea of recruiting because you guys are recruiting specialists and now you're recruiting people who then need to be available online. But tell me a little bit about really how hard is it to find the right people and you know, you, do you look to your database first and then go out to, you know, beyond that or refer, like, tell, tell me how that all that magic happens. Well, it takes a village <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I'm very grateful for the fieldwork village that we have. You know, it, it is a process. We do have a significant database of participants who have participated in qualitative research and are, are, you know, familiar with the process and open to participating again. 
so that's that typically is the first place that we look. But the reality of it is, is we are not always looking to speak with just people who, you know, have already participated in research or, you know, we might have a client come to us looking for a segment of people that we just, you know, maybe we don't track that information in our database. It's not, you know, you can't start there. So there's a big, there's a, there's a big networking effort beyond that. We need to, you know, sometimes work with uh, support groups. We might have to uh, reach out to physicians if we're looking for, you know, a, a specific a patient, you know, with a, you know, a specific medical ailment, for example. So it, the buck does not stop at the database. You might be networking in person, online, you, you know, sometimes you're making cold calls, you got to hit the pavement. Mm-hmm. How often do you look to social really to find, you know, people who are not only available, but also fit the bill? Constantly. Constantly. That's the reality of it. And, you know, we, it's part of probably every project now in some way, shape or form. It's part of every project. Uh, You know, gone are the days that, you know, someone is calling us and saying, we just, we want to talk to moms of two to five year olds. And, you know, we, we have those people tagged in a, in a database and we call up eight people and eight people qualify and we're good to go. I mean, it's a lot more digging and, uh, you know, looking around for these folks and social media is a huge part of that process. Mm. So there's gotta be some kind of magic that happens though, because when you say I got eight people that I needed eight people and they're here, but how do you set that expectation? Where does that communication happen from your team so that they get there? You know, we don't have people falling off that, that, you know, that system. What happens, uh, you know, um, among your whole team to ensure that the right people are there at the right time and in the right numbers? Well, one of the things that you need to think about is even if you have dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, things happen. And sometimes life gets in the way and people can't show up to their scheduled interview. So the first thing that we recommend for every project is to over-recruit. If you absolutely hands down need to talk to 10 people, we're going to recruit 12 to 15 to, you know, to make sure that we have 10 people at the table. That would be the first step. Uh, the, you know, beyond that, we want to work with the respondent, and I mentioned this before, we want to make sure that they feel supported and comfortable with whatever process we're interviewing them by. So whether or not they're coming into the facility or they're logging in online, they need to have the directions to do that. That might be, you know, turn right at First Street, pull into the parking garage, get your ticket, or it might be log into, you know, click on this link, log in, share your name. So we're going to walk them through that process from start to finish so that we know that they're prepared and at ease. They know what to do. They're going to arrive and be good to go. So that I, I think it's absolutely critical. You, you can't skip that step. And then, you know, our, our recruiting process doesn't end at, okay, you're invited. We're going to follow up. We're going to confirm these people. Again, make sure that they're feeling comfortable. They don't have any questions. Uh, and, you know, the, the morning of, we're checking in. Do you have, you know, do you have your login information? Do you need help with directions to the facility? So multiple touch points along the way to make sure that the respondents are prepared. We know they're going to arrive on time. They're, you know, they're excited to participate and our clients are going to get those insights. Oh, that kind of engagement has to make a massive, massive difference. But before we go, I just want to get back personal again. We have to be on a stage together again, but it does bring up the point that the field work group is constantly doing things for the industry. So huge shout out to you guys. It's not just about 
oh, we love women in research or we love the market research, you know, education fund. You guys are always doing and participating and, and encouraging other people. And um, I, I just see it all the time. So I just want to give you one shout out for, you know, women in research. You know, if you've not taken a look, go to womeninresearch.org. It's not just for women, but it does support women in this industry. And field work is a largely women-dominated business. It's kind of interesting. Um, but I just appreciate so much how much effort you put into that. And you guys also stroke a nice check to support that. And I get that benefit too. We all do get that benefit. And I just I just want to say as a colleague, there's just tons of respect for that. The organization is worth the effort. Every single event we have ever attended, I mean, the people there are excited, the content is amazing, the networking, top-notch. I mean, what more could you ask for? It's fabulous. We're so honored to be a part of it, and we can't wait until, you know, every single event comes up. We're just like beaming with excitement. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. if you don't know about Women Research, go check it out because thanks to sponsors like Fieldwork, it's free to join and it will always be free and you can attend for free. Do you get what I'm saying? So this is why we should all give a big shout out and say thank you, Fieldwork, among many other sponsors. Um, but everybody has to do their part. So I really appreciate that. Anything you want to say just kind of in closing of what you see coming in the future, what you told me was that, you know, you were already doing this kind of work. Then it was a massive flux and much more. People are now coming back in very big numbers back to in-person research but now people have a taste of that tech. So what do you see happening for fieldwork anywhere and fieldwork web work? You know, I, I do think that uh, we will continue to use those online tools in a way that weren't being used uh, prior to the, the pandemic. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're people. We like to be face-to-face. -face. We, we want to utilize that. We've all missed it. You know, the, that first time, I, you know, sort of feeling like you were peeking out into the sunshine and, and seeing smiling human faces in person. I mean, it was incredible. And we all, we, we have all felt that way. So we're, we're eager to get back in person, but I think we're going to lean on technology in that, you know, maybe before we, we would have made that trip to, you know, XYZ market right before our son's 17th birthday because the deadline was there. And what are you going to do? I'll arrive late to the party on Saturday. It is what it is. Now, maybe we look to that online focus group. We utilize it for that one market. We know it works. It's not the same as face-to-face, -face, but it gets the job done. So we will approach it that way. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. We need to be in person. We need to be interacting with humans. There are things we just don't get the same way you know, on, online, body language, you know, just that actual energy between yeah. people. But the reality is sometimes we can't always be there in person and that's a great tool to use when you need to. And, you know, listen, we, we can talk to people in different cities at the same time. You can't really do that in person. So there are definitely some benefits and advantages to going online. There are places that you can't reach people that you can't reach in person. But I think going forward, it's going to, it's going to be a, you know, we utilize it in those odd times where, you know, maybe we used to make it work, but because we don't have to, thank goodness we'll rely on it. Oh, I love that. And it also just goes to show you that this, you know, uh, industry is always evolving and we have to keep changing with it. 
Crystal, thank you so much for giving your time up. And I sincerely, really, 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 from the bottom of my heart, want to share a stage with you next time. <laughs> I cannot wait. I, I, it, the, the invitation is always open. Okay. It was such a good time. P.S. We're funny together. We were great. We were great. <laughs> I, thought so. I thought so. Well, from all of the peeps here at Little Bird Marketing, thanks for listening. Have a great day and happy marketing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.